Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 739, recording today live on the 12th, uh, no, the 14th of, excuse me, the dates are the wrong way around, the 14th of December uh, 2022. I uh, want to say big thanks to Dom for stepping in last week. That was amazing. I mean, what a trooper. Uh, completely built the show in his own system because we couldn't get our system to work for him uh, in time. But, uh, you know, it's nice to know that actually we might be able to do this again at some point in the future. Thank you. You, Dom, you were great, and also thanks very much to Wagyu for stepping in and uh, posting links and stuff and helping him out as you do uh, with the moderation of the YouTube chat because we now have we have all our chats in the in the tubes and in the Discord and in everything else where you can see us streaming live. Uh, I want to say also if you fancy supporting us uh, as we get into the uh, the depths of our uh, of our economic hell in Europe and probably everywhere else in the world. Advertising is a little bit slower these days, so if you fancy supporting us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash sonicstate where we post uh, exclusive ad-free versions of everything. We also post pre-show for the uh, Sonic Talk Show. There's also additional videos that you won't see anywhere else, so we try and keep it uh, up. I, things have been a little bit quiet recently. I know uh, lots of uh, people were saying um, best wishes to my mum. Sadly, she passed away and and, you know, these things happen. I'm OK, but thank you very much for everybody's thoughts. I mean, it's been a rough week for uh, for that. December is never a good month when it comes to um, people passing on, and there's been a lot of high-profile people. We'll get onto that a little bit later. But let's let's big things up a little bit and get a bit more cheery. Um, in the meantime, we've got some guests. We've got a great brace of guests for you here. Let's start over here with Mr Jamie Liddell, who's there in uh, Nashville, where <laughs> it's sunny and not minus something o'clock stupid uh, how are you jamie it's That's lovely right. to see you i'm great great to see Excellent. you too thanks for having me yeah yep yeah. everything's everything's fine here you know just trucking along i've got a new pod out with uh, jeremy from red red means recording and uh you know just still still making pods still doing album stuff just got uh stereo nagra behind me Ooh. other side but oh, that's fluss Fluss on yes, one side, <laughs> Nagra on the other. Yeah, seems um, to be the winning combination. Back, you, you kind of like yeah. you, you kind of like push me over the edge. So uh, yeah, no, it's good. But anyway, you know, I'm making stuff. I've got really back into Eurorack. My whole thing has gone absolutely bananas. I've really got to stop now. I just I sort can of went see on there's a, crazy a very you've got run. a fairly you've got some lengthy cables there in a, in what is a Eurorack yeah. cable rack, which means there's you are getting yum. serious. Yeah. You know, I think I was, I was, oh, yeah, I am getting quite serious. Yeah. Well, you know, it goes in waves, doesn't it? You sort of get an obsession going and then like, yeah. it can be dangerous if the obsession is expensive, but you know, I don't oh, need yeah. to, I'm preaching to the choir here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all right. You don't, you don't have mean, to apologize uh, to I us. We know exactly all, how uh, it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be more expensive. Let's be honest. It could be more expensive. It could be. Uh, it could be into vintage guitars. You know, <laughs> Well, yeah. there you go. I mean, absolutely. And I mean, in this town, if you go down to like Carter's Guitar down the road, you'd be like, synthesizers are pretty cheap. You know, this yeah. piece of wood yeah. is 50 grand. Like, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's all relative. 
But yes, nice. great to be nice. back. Thanks for having me. Thanks for Lovely having to me. have you. Uh, you must check out jamieliddellmusic.com uh, for all of the podcasts. Uh, definitely worth checking out. There's a, a new one just up today, as Jamie mentioned. Uh, I also should just point out, I, I bought myself, uh, uh, well, I didn't. I came in, I think Andy was trying to cheer me up because I haven't been in the office, and he bought me a, a Korg Op 6 on one of the deals, so I've been playing with that. I'm going to get into FM lately, but uh, that's beside the side. Let's let's get on to, but Heimbach is here as well, fresh fresh off the road where presumably have you had to <laughs> yeah. have you had to uh, slow things down because the frost and the ice has uh, meant traveling is so difficult you're in frosty berlin which is i'm i'm complaining about the cold but where you are it's properly cold right it is super cold like yesterday i just came back from uh, Patchpoint, uh, which is like a shop for synthesizers here at night because like i was there with my friend checking out some new instruments that they're building and when i drove I it was uh, freezing, but right now I'm not freezing because <laughs> no. yeah, what I got for myself no jumper. is like I'm disappointed. No jumper, no, <laughs> no, because uh, it's too warm in here. Because I've got a new mixer here, a uh, very old one, and that's I just received it today, unboxed it. Is that I'm a just Kadak? It, it looks like a, a Kadak. It's an ANT 700, oh. which is apparently a rebranded SEM mixer and it's an old right, broadcast okay. one i've got i've got switches to go on air and cue <laughs> and nice. uh, are the faders really are the faders nice. reversed as well does it have that thing at the um, bottom of the faders where you switch them on or at start. the top clicky start yeah, yeah. It, 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 it has yeah, the clicky start the but start. it's not fader start it does have that yeah so nice. it's really yeah. it's it's really fun and that's that's why i'm like dressed like it's a summer but it's really really not yeah Excellent. Well, lovely to see you. I'm back. Of course, we'll be talking a little bit about because uh, you've got a new plugin out, Fluss, which we're really excited to to hear about. And we also got Mr. Yoad Nevo, who is there in Nevo Sound. Uh, Yoad, you're you're looking very well, and uh, like you've kind of you've been working out or something. You're looking thinner every time I see you. So there's less of you. Which you'll have to stop at and some I keep, point. I keep saying it's probably the <clears throat> camera the setup that I'm getting better at. <laughs> so uh, maybe a bit of both. Yeah. Uh, it is quite cold in here, but I've been uh, a few years ago. I've been in Berlin for a week in January, and since then, <laughs> I, I stopped complaining about the, the weather in London. Really, however, yeah. it's quite it's quite chilly. I have to say. It certainly cold, is. Yeah. Are you, so, Yoad, of course, uh, is producing, uh, working on stuff for Waves, as well as many other things. How How's it all going? Have you got a session up ready to f alt tab back to as soon as you finish this? Uh, kind of. And right. and I have something I really want to show off a little bit, if I may. It's this um, Nexus expansion, guitar expansion that ah, was yeah, released on that. just now. And just quickly. So it's like basically everything is played and laid out in chords. I'm really proud of that. And it's my it's my guitar sound. I was a little bit reluctant in the beginning because it's kind of my guitars and my setup and even my playing. But uh, oh, I wow. kind of let Very go. Personal. And um, yeah, it's all yeah. phrase based and it kind of obviously follows. 
you know, the, the BPM and everything um, seamlessly, which is quite amazing on, on Nexus. Um, nice. Yeah. So just wanted to share and sorry for uh, kind of. That's all right. It's absolutely fine. Uh, that, really no problem. But thank you very much, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, we've got some things to discuss here. I'm just trying to see what we've got first. Um, uh, let's, yeah, I, I, well, I feel like I need to do something of great magic magnitude. Actually, this isn't really great magnitude, but it's an interesting one nonetheless. And it may well bring uh, bring some things into focus before we get onto some more meaty, meaty stuff. So uh, I'm going to press the go button. I think this is how it works. So I'll do that one. And uh, let's have a look. So, yeah, this is the uh, new knobs for old. <laughs> Which is, it's, it's a set of, um, oh, hold on, I need to do that, it's a bit of cookie stuff. So, it's actually Moog who've released a bunch of uh, knob caps for Mavis, DFAM, Subharmonicon and Workstat. So, the things which have those little kind of uh, tiny knob cap. And it seems like a little thing, but I'm noticing more and more people are, cu are starting to customise their synths. Especially synths that, uh, that have this sort of surface mount knob shafts that don't have very interesting knobs. And I know this may be seem a little bit flippant. Uh, these are 35 bucks for a set. I, I mean, I actually bought a set of, uh, a replacement set of knobs and fader caps for my Jupiter 6 because I'd lost a few over the years and they, some of them were discoloured. Mm. It was quite expensive. It cost like 60 or $80 back when, you know, there was... That meant something in terms of currency, and I've had them. For, I haven't put them on yet, but there's there's lots of people. There's System Eight ones. I just wonder whether any of you lot have customised your things. I mean, I imagine because certainly two of our guests are into sort of vintage things, which have really interesting chicken head knobs and all kinds of specific knobs. You might have a view on this. I'm going to come to you first time back because you must have so much gear with examples of beautiful sort of knob caps that when you get something modern you might feel you want to give it a makeover and you can uh, you can stick what something else on it which makes it look even more delightful i found that so good that moke released that because it was something when i got the mavis i immediately said you can put proper knobs on that and even demo that uh, just ripping some off from a eurack and then putting on there see that's already better because bigger knob or bigger dial <laughs> it's always when i say knob like english people tend to laugh a lot so i'm just trying to choose the more yeah. neutral term dial recently <laughs> well instead of twiddling knobs uh manipulating dials i don't know so uh, but it's more um it's it gives you more range so you can resolution yeah do much more much more resolution because i'm really i really don't like these mini these shaft spots so it's yeah. just i don't like them there they don't give me enough control and sometimes i see the reason when you need them just to attenuate and it's just like something that you don't want to play but then i find myself i want to play that that knob i want to play with it and it's it's this so that this set is there is something that makes me happy because it it is an it first of all it makes of course the original product cheaper to not include all these knobs but if you feel like it's something that you want you can then add it and it makes total sense to put those on volcas or all these things that have these yeah little shafts on i and yeah and i did actually did that for example the cock sq1 i did that when i got that i put on a lot of these knobs i it's it's locked here so i can't put it here but that really yeah helps to give you actual playable range yeah well there's no quantization on that is there so it's a pitch quantization on the on the cv values so uh, there, there is oh, there's pitch quantization there's there's some yeah there's pitch quantization oh, okay Sorry, but still if you I, I like to go off <laughs> off pitch quantization and go like in these values between so any bit of more control and range just just helps mm. a lot really 
Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, Jamie, how about you? Are you uh, do you like to stick with the uh, the originals as as God intended, as it were, or do you prefer to uh, mess about? <laughs> I just like how we're dancing delicately around the words. Um, as God intended, uh, they it, it's definitely. Uh, Hey, you know what? Since you posted this and I sort of looked through the show notes and stuff, I was like, I checked it out on Moog and I, and I bought some because I was like, ah. I was looking around thinking, I've been meaning to do this for ages. And for some reason, I had a bunch of these in, for people who are into the Eurorack world, they'll doubtless be familiar with Thonk over in the UK, yes. which are great suppliers for anyone who's into DIY and just in general for any of these small modifications, even if you don't want to build anything in DIY. Oh. They have loads of incredible options. There we go. There you go. See, those trimmer tops would probably fit on the same thing, I'm assuming. But um, and I notice you, Heimbach, you have on your random source, your resident equalizer, you changed the, the pots from their default to like colored versions of the kind of the notch. That's something pots. Darren did. Darren did. Darren, like, that's ah. a very special resonant equalizer that uh, with like, I think it's the the tropical military version. So it uses wow. a new old stock Soviet <laughs> military stuff and it uh, and then it has these tropical knobs. So it's and on tropical capacitors <laughs> and then he because all, all colorful in behind, he made it also colorful up front. So I think that's oh nice yeah, yeah. can't quite make somewhere. it your depth of field is, uh, is yeah you need you need auto yes. automatic yeah you need a PTZ <laughs> in there so you could just dial up the preset but it's it yeah. I I, I think it's really funny, interesting yeah. yeah it's interesting though yeah so <laughs> you had a look there are, I'd like to see more for Volkers Volkers don't seem to have and Volkers are quite yeah there are but that because they're quite a, a small uh, um, protuberance that you know doesn't come out far enough to fit everything. They are very specific. You need very specific knobs to fit them. I know, Yoad. It's interesting what Heimbach was saying about knobs provide resolution, which I hadn't really thought about. But that's actually a really big deal. If you've got the space for it, adding resolution is never going to be a bad thing, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, but sometimes, absolutely, I agree. Sometimes it's fiddly, especially on the Eurorack. I bought a set of kind of funky look, not funky, but kind of moogish looking knobs for everything and I wanted to change everything but then on the um, what's it called the NFB modules it's really tiny so it kind of you know um, so you can't it, see right. the, the numbers and you can't see the labels and stuff uh -huh. so it, when when it's uh, like on on the desk here I have a big switch to change the the speakers and I took the the big knob from the world of microwave and because i really like it it's kind of fit it fits the the big neve knob and i put um a knob from a washing machine that i found on the street <laughs> like kind of you know um so but i mean i like modifying stuff definitely this whole desk is heavily heavily modified um to i have 60 separate line inputs just for synths ex apart from the mic inputs that can be used at the same time and things like that um so the f the first thing i remember modifying was a crybaby wah pedal when i was like 11 or 12 and i took it apart and i and i mm. kind of filed the the heel side of it so it can close more so it has more range on uh, the it actually range, right. made it 
kind of more like a molly even because it has that. And while I was doing that, I sprayed it gold. <laughs> and that was a kind of a funky oh. yeah so i like i like that stuff um nice. i think the aesthetics nice. as well if you feel something can be more inviting and kind of um you know make make you want to play with it basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, that's and interesting like isn't that, it i mean i think that's interesting and, and i mean because for so you know we we kind of we 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 take for granted that the aesthetic i mean i know there were lots of mods that people used to do i'm trying to think it was the neutron wasn't it which which had a really big knob on um i can't remember what it was what uh, something that didn't make any sense and he took it off and you put it on the filter control because it gave you the extra resolution so the, you know if you've got the space it's nice but i suppose that the issue with much smaller stuff like, as you say you put a, you, you find some knobs that you want to put on them and they obscure the the kind of the legend of the uh, of the the, the the front panel so you can't see what the numbers are which i i mean i'm curious to know just how accurate that kind of stuff is on a front panel the how accurate the calibration of those things are i mean i don't expect it on a a switched unit where you might be talking gain staging on a preamp and maybe on some high-end eqs but i bet the rest of it's kind of pretty just arbitrary and they just uh, whatever fits in yeah i have to yeah i would just add to that that like on this neve and kind of more Modern, modern is from the 80s onwards, from 8080 really onwards. This one is from 84. You have a lot of things happening on the channel, so you have to make the knobs smaller. Um, where, whereas the, the old Neves and APIs, they have larger knobs and less stuff. So yeah. it kind of comes together. So when you have some something which is more raw and more kind of it comes with the sound because you only have a three-band EQ and no compressor, so so your mix will sound different and it reflects, you know, it's both what you hear and what it can do and also how you interact with it. And with something mm. like that, it's a little bit more delicate and you, you, you don't have the tendency to, you know, to, to um, ride it, I suppose, or to perform it. Yeah. yeah, the old stuff, the old and the basic stuff resemble more like a guitar amp. You know, you have a few knobs and they do a lot and you tweak them and you get something. Whereas mm. the more modern consoles, I, I don't consider this a modern one, but in terms of the, not the sound, but the layout is kind of more, um, yeah. you know, the, the SSL and Neve V and all that were... Um, so there's something about that. It, it goes together. It becomes your. It's your instrument. It's what what you can do with it and how you achieve it. You know. It's, right. Uh, yeah. No, that's very interesting yeah. and a, that, a great point. I mean, at Heimbach, I'd imagine you probably because you have a very wide variance of equipment that's not necessarily made to be musical. But you've been using it for music, and sometimes those controls—I mean, that, that, the limitations of those controls must be must designate to a degree the sound you get from them, rather than, you know, if you want them modified. So I'd actually like a greater degree of control. So I mean, yeah, the, it, it does highlight the UI definitely. I think it's really good, especially in a modern environment, to have simpler controls on the analog front end because there's a lot you can do with like fine-tuned things later on in the digital audio workstation. So I like more simple and playable interfaces in the analog and then, yeah, because then you can just do a parametric equalizer to 
the nth degree yeah. in digital in the end. But I was just thinking like I have so many, so many like devices here that literally have just one knob and are just <laughs> one function at 35 kilograms and it's uh, i mean i i've 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 held up bunt pass filters already here but i've got one behind me that's like even less it does even less and it's even heavier <laughs> it's just it's uh, <laughs> but still it, it like it's like a commitment it's really a commitment because now okay do i want to put this big thing in my studio that only filters in in thirds <laughs> that's all it does but right. what how it does it is just wonderful so yeah it's a well you are you i guess battle. you also you also know aesthetically what's going on behind the scenes which in many ways yes. mm -hmm. there's a sort of a, a it's the you get the same thing in conceptual art isn't it where conceptual artists can explain the principle and the process behind their work even if you don't mm -hmm. initially get it there's something very alluring about knowing what went into it it sort of it makes it feel more relevant somehow so yeah I, we could go on talking about this for ages yeah. i think it's a really fascinating <laughs> subject and maybe we will do yeah. I, I should also point out i'm afraid there's not going to be a christmas quiz this year because uh, there just hasn't been the time to sort it out so i do apologize if you were looking forward to that but it just couldn't couldn't be couldn't be done in time so uh, we'll probably have a, a pre-christmas show i haven't really worked, looked at the dates yet but i will get around to it soon um, i should also point out perhaps it's now time to uh, have a word from our friend over at Isotope because uh, they've been one of the longest running sponsors of the show. We much appreciate their input. And, and you get a Dom voiceover as well because he did that last week. Isotope's Ozone 10 is the future of mastering. The new version includes the Master Assistant, which matches your master to any reference file. The advanced version includes a stabilizer module, adding mixed clarity with an intelligent and adaptive mastering EQ, and an impact module, which enhances the rhythm by controlling microdynamics. Don't forget, you can use the code SONIC10, that's SONIC10, at isotope.com forward slash SONIC TALK to save an additional 10% of any one-off software purchase. That's SONIC10 at isotope.com forward slash SONIC TALK. And this is what the page looks like. Thank you, Don, for that. I think it's it's great actually being slightly um, mm. dis, disentangled from all of that because then I can uh, I, I don't have to worry about doing the voiceover. So I'm, I might follow that through and do some more things. In fact, I met a, a chap, I think uh, Ian Church, at the EMOM event because I haven't been on air since we did our live event. Uh, and he suggested that perhaps I should do a competition or a, 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 not a competition, but a thing where... Um, some people we ask people to submit uh, um, Patreon ads for us, so I don't have the embarrassment of saying it. We could get someone else to do it in, a, in an amusing way, and I'll have a think about it. I just wanted to say thank you for that, Ian Church. I have thought about it, but obviously I've been a bit preoccupied since we met. But uh, I would also like to say, if you haven't checked out I've, this week or yesterday, I think it was, I posted all eight of the performances. For some reason, the stream was mono, and we haven't figured out why the stream was mono, but we've now got, you've obviously got the glorious, individually edited and uh, enhanced stuff. Some of it's got uh, um, uh, interviews with Gaz, with the performers afterwards, who is increasingly more inebriated through the night, but it's, it's hilarious, actually. It's great, but he gets some great questions in nonetheless. So thanks to all involved. That was a fabulous, uh, fabulous bit of fun. Uh, okay, I think what we're going to do is uh, let's have a look at... Um, uh, 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 yeah, we've got to do it because it's it's Heimbach and he's here. It's David Weiss of Sonic. Oh, it's not even that, is it? Good grief, I'm sorry. Apologies. Here we are, Heimbach's Fluss, which is a new, uh, well, it's, it's an iOS app, which is really interesting. I want to talk about that a little bit more as we get uh, onto it, but this is, it's a granular 
instrument with Brambos. Uh, Hi, who... I'm Heinbach, and it's good to have you back. After one and a half years of development, it's finally here. My latest collaboration with Brambos. We previously made Gauss Field Looper. This time we went bigger. So that's it. I I won't play the whole thing. It's a bit meta, isn't it? This going uh, playing videos. It's of really meta. In the, yeah, <laughs> it's super meta. So uh, we have to come to you first. Uh, interesting that you went um, iOS. Uh, mm -hmm. Does it run under M1 plugins, and can you run it natively on like the Apple Silicon, or is it just uh, just iOS based? It is just iOS because oh, okay. I mean that's the second app I did with Bram, and the one thing that was really important for us was to have touch control and to make this an instrument that you play and make full use of all the touch functions. And just to translate that into uh, into mouse world or into controller world, mm. that's something that would require like a rework, I feel, to make it really fit. So let's say that's in general, it's not completely ruled out, but because the instrument is so touch focused, that's what we did. and. It's meant, yeah, just because I've got it here. So it's meant to really like put all your fingers on it and play it. And that's the instrument that it's designed to be. So that's why it's only for iOS, because that offers such a wonderful resolution and interface to do something like that with almost no latency. Yeah, I, no, I wondered about that because I, I, I thought that was, what was really interesting, aside from the synthesis, is the way that you've added the sort of control law and the inertia and the movement and those kind of things to those controls so they can be flicked and kind of set in motion. So it's kind of interesting. I guess that's something that you must have been thinking about quite a long time. You said it's taken a while to come in. And, and was that part of it? Because I imagine the synthesis, in many ways, is the easy part <laughs> compared to the, mm -hmm. the UI and how you interact with it, right? Yeah, because granular has been around for like a long time now. I think we can go, I think the first theoretical formula formulization was with Yanis Xenakis in Formalized Music and that was 1971. And I was mesmerized like when I read and when I studied uh, musicology and synthesis in university, I was mesmerized by reading about that. And especially uh, Xenakis accounts from his days as a uh, fighting basically fighting in the greek civil war where he was mm. hit in the face with shrapnel from a sherman tank and he's been quoted as always wanting to recreate the sound when that shrapnel hit his face and wow. granular with all its little grains and blurs of sound is something that uh, he thought up basically in in formalized music and was thinking about and for me when I first talked with Bram and he said, hey, shall we do a granular synthesizer together? And I was like, yes, I got ideas. And we had a we had a Zoom and I was like, okay, so imagine like a grain is here and then you smash it into this and then it's boom, there's explosion and then events happen. And, like, and he was like, okay. We didn't talk for half a year after that. Because <laughs> I think I, I scared him with all my talk about civil war and Sherman tanks and and uh, fragments and stuff like that. But then he came came back to me with like a first draft of Fluss and many of the things that we discussed and were in here through his own own lens filtered and his own approach to how he wants to create, how he creates an UI. And then we started to go into details. And one of the most important things for me was this feeling of kinetic energy, basically. So that again comes from like, 
this thing. Right. So you flick the balls, you flick the faders, and the, in the tempo that you flick them, they move around. With balls, I mean, the little, there's little the, the points see. of, I don't yeah, know if you can yeah, see. Yeah. There's little like balls yeah. here that define the gotcha. pitch. And then you can, if you turn the friction down, you can just, whoop, they bounce up and down. And when you click three times, you can even play a bit of billiard. So right. click, I mean, like touch it three times. So that's so. I remember seeing. Stuff. I remember seeing. I remember seeing stuff like that in the the original Limur, uh, which came out mm -hmm. just before the iPad, which was its own sort of touch control, and they had these uh, uh, little widgets that you could give gravitational and uh, frictional yeah. properties, so you could get them moving around. It's an interesting yeah. paradigm. Yeah. Also, Tombola in the OP1 is also something where you have this gravity control and things bouncing around. I find that creates very, very um, lovely movements, especially because in the end, like, I wanted to be, I wanted this to be my life instrument. So that was why I thought about if it's a touch interface, flicking a fader and then it comes magically back down. I mean, I would love that on here. Oh, this fader here would go around like this would be amazing. And <laughs> I wanted this magical thing, this magical thing to happen. And because then I become the modulation, I become the speed of that. And when I'm playing uh, okay, live, I, I can just do everything like that. So that's, that's why there's all this movement and the physical thing in that and all these, yeah, all these things that are that make it possible to play it statically but then go directly into something where you fling things around and i have to say mm -hmm. one thing that i always liked about one of the most old school modular patches or like analog computing patches is the bouncing ball on the old telefunken which is like the simulation of a bouncing ball system how it bounces and mm -hmm. I find that so musical. I find that just such a musical patch. And isn't there like, there's an Apex twin track, is Bouncing Ball patch, I mm. think, uh, Bouncing Ball, uh, where, where he does that. And I, I love the musicality of like, ding, 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 ding. I think Got that's yeah. uh, a thing that's very interesting. Well, Physical I suppose it's, it's, a, a it's a musical cadence that we can all identify with on a kind of, you know, just yeah. subconscious level almost. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know, uh, Yoad, I don't know um, how much uh, iOS stuff, but you're, you're a software developer as well. I mean, do you sometimes feel like, you know, I'd love to be developing just for touch because you must have, you know, these some of these constraints that are brought in with the mouse, which is essentially a single point of input. Obviously, you've got MIDI and controllers and stuff, but it's not quite the same, is it? No, it's not. Um, it. I think that for a musical instrument, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, for panning and stuff like that, for for tweaking knobs, like uh, you know, if you want a channel or something like that, it it kind of. I'm happy with the mouse uh, and keyboard. I think that um, that uh, plus is um, it's is just a, an amazing instrument and. I I watched the whole video. I I was meant to, you know, I just wanted to flick through and see what it is, but I found myself it's just amazing and it's uh it to me it sounds different than other uh granulous engines. Uh it has that kind of smoothness. Um I'm sure you can make make it more bright and kind of um nasty, but it has a certain smooth the way you, you make it smooth is quite musical because sometimes you get in order to, 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 
to utilize all the crossfades and all that, you end up with tails that kind of obscure the, the changes, the, the, the pitch changes. And here it's, right. it seems like it follows kind of in real time what feels like real time. It has this kind of a slope or... Um, but think... it, it... And, and the interface... Is... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go. Now, I th I, one thing that uh, we, I thought you might be like one thing that I thought would always pair well with grains was the f the face filter from the Oberheim. So I I thought, Bram, this face filter, I, I sent him some sweeps from that, and could we have something like this in the app? And he was like, Yeah. And then he coded basically this. Uh, I think it's uh, six, the four poles. Three of them are uh, basically passing by, and one is uh, low pass. And he arranged them beautifully so they smooth out the sound because grains as said, they can go very. Can, yeah, can go very harsh, and that filter, this Oberheim filter, just makes it sing. And honestly, it's the only filter that I use in my in my own patches. Basically, I had to I had to like force myself when I made the presets to use like the low pass or the band pass or the high pass or the notch because I was like, this is this is like putting like a huge amount of cream and like or like Parmesan cheese or something like on the signal. It's like addictive. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah, a show title. That sounds like a show title there. Yeah, definitely Parmesan. And, yeah. and the other thing is, of course, the kinetic movement, which to me, it's the the incarnation, the kind of continuous incarnation of tap BPM. So it's something like, you know, on guitar and stone boxes and stuff like that, you, you, you kind of, you know, dynamically dictate how something will behave. And and by how fast you you or how quickly you you tap the pedal or the or whatever it is, and here it's how fast you push it, and it has to be musical because um, because when you turn up the rate on an LFO, it lands where it lands, but when you listen to a beat or you have a kind of the the metronome and you move with the with the music, then Whatever you push it, however much you push it by, will be kind of a division of a musical of, you know, yeah. uh, it will be synced to your internal rhythm somehow. So right. it kind of, you can't get it wrong almost um, because it will be always in correlation with the, with the way you you listen to the music and how your body reacts to it. So I think it's really cool. Interesting. Jamie, I noticed you've got a copy of it there uh, balanced precariously on top of what looks like possibly a Mellotron. I'm not sure. I can't quite make it out. Or is that an octagon over there? I can't see there. But, uh, um, this yeah. looks like your kind of thing too, right? I do. I remember, like, it's funny. I didn't know the story of the evolution of the granular idea and that it was so old. I mean, it, it's quite amazing because I they... The first encounter I ever had with it was, I think, the first version of Super Collider when it came out. And I remember just kind of when computers could basically have a go <laughs> at crunching the numbers. And uh, I was with Christian Vogel, you know, making all the music with Super Collider at the time. Well, our band was called Super Collider. Uh, no coincidence. And uh, I just thought, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, as soon as you hear granular synthesis you feel like oh this is just it 
it's it, it basically like the app. If you open it, it's like it will keep you locked in it for hours just because there's something so fascinating about taking any ordinary sound. I suppose one could say it's the same effect that you can have, the classic effects that never get boring, slowing something down, reversing something, and granular. They will basically always give you this level of intrigue where you're just like, I know I've heard this a million times, but what would it be like slower? And you're just like, oh my God, it's incredible. <laughs> and you just feel like so strange because it's like, you you know what's going to happen. And it's a little bit similar with granular. You kind of know what's going to happen with granular. And it's true, this has a really nice sounding engine. And I, of course, pushed it because a lot of granular engines will kind of break down if you have very fast grains and stuff, but you've done a very good job of making it impossible to crash it. And also my favorite feature, I think, is that you can control the pitch of three grain worlds to create kind of chordal interplay. And I think for me, that's my favorite part of this whole thing because I made a polysynth that was on the modular that was kind of like that where the volume of all the voices could be manipulated heavily and their pitch at the same time in kind of interesting ways. And I was always just sat there for hours going like, oh my God, <laughs> I shouldn't be so into this, but listen, it's just like, wow. And it's the same thing here with the pitch quantization and the freedom. Uh, it's, it's great. It's great. I mean, uh, Excellent. I've always got some suggestions. I've got some suggestions, but I'll keep them. Okay. I'll keep them for a further occasion. But it's funny, isn't it? Because every time an instrument comes along that's designed for the masses, I suppose, there's always going to be some part of you that wants to make it more yours. You know, and I suppose that is an interesting conundrum when you're making an iOS app, which is fundamentally sort of locked in a way because you don't want to make it endlessly complicated in order to configure it for personal use. But uh, I, I think the way it is currently, it's it's a really playable instrument, and it kind of stands. Yeah, it's it. And hey, I've got to commend you for the presets. You've put amazing oh. presets in there. Like there's Excellent. a really beautiful range. You could basically be lazy and go, ah, I'll just load this choir thing and play around with that for half an hour, and essentially, there'll be nothing wrong with that. Yeah, those were these guys. <laughs> Was it, is that right? Is that it? Yeah, those yeah. are the choirs. The choirs, this teenage engineering choir. And so that's how I make my money back from buying all these expensive little things. So, but they were wonderful. So I, I recorded just... them, been orally, and uh, then I uh, made the presets with yeah. that. So that was, that was, that was a Gosh. fun thing. Those so, are great. Those are, I love those. I yeah. was like, where's this choir coming from? Because they sound... Yeah. They sound very, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, yeah, intriguing. Yeah. There's an intriguing, intriguing choir. Exactly. And if you pick Actually, them up, they is. start singing. You just pick uh, it up and it I starts having a I song. Think, so you pick them up, yeah, you hit them on the head. <laughs> and That's then so they cruel. start singing. Yeah. Something. <laughs> oh. It's almost Christmas. And when you hit them again, they go blah, 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 oh. and then they turn off. But of course, you can control them with a the MIDI controller with Bluetooth and stuff. And oh, so the really nice thing about them is like, especially some of the ones that have like, ups, pshht, oh, sorry for hitting you on that. The really interesting one is like how they how they um, personalized them, I think, how they made it. Uh, so each of them sounds unique through the way the speaker is like 
shaped into the body and also through the programming so you get different voices and such for all these things Interesting. so they sound together actually really well they just i think they yeah. insist saying drip 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 <laughs> so right they seem okay. very proud of their drip Have, did you so. think about taking one of these things and maybe working with those slow motion guys who have those extremely hardcore cameras that can shoot a million frames a second whatever and blowing one up <laughs> And taking the sound of the exploding <laughs> grains of one of those guys and just like, That's it would essentially thought. be granular synthesis Ooh. in a way, wouldn't it? It would just be so slowed down. You'd have the, and you'd be like Zanakis, like having the shrapnel yeah, in his face. Be, yeah. But it'd be like, wow. Okay, I could see we've started, slow motion. We've started another conceptual concept. I should, at this point, point out that uh, 1699 available for iOS on the App Store. Uh, all the details will be there, but uh, do you. check that out. That, that's Fluss uh, from Heimach and Brambos, who also make, uh, I don't know if you can still get it, they do a really good uh, free uh, little um, scope that you can, I used to use in some of the reviews. Um, it's good for getting waveforms with freeze and stuff. Uh, should really point, at this point, uh, we should have a, a, a word from our friends over at uh, Baby Audio. Baby Audio make creative effects plugins designed to add colour and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year 2021 in Future Music and Computer Music Magazine, and they were nominated for the SOS Awards two years in a row. Crystalline is an algorithmic reverb plugin inspired by classic 20th century studio reverbs, but offering higher fidelity thanks to 21st century computing power. A reverb plugin with a variety of creative features, such as the ability to tempo sync pre-delay and reverb decay times. You can get 15% off when checking out with the code ST15. Oh, I, I think I left too many words in that particular one. I can see Dom was struggling to get that in the allotted time. But thank you, Dom, a professional as ever. I also want to say thank you very much to uh, Nick House. I support your local awesome chat, Super Chat Star. Thank you very much. That will go towards, well, next time we do an EMOM or have uh, a get-together with all of us, we'll, uh, we'll spend it on beer or fizzy drinks, depending on whether people uh, are, are teetotal or not. I like that, though, Nick. Just totally. leave it there. Yeah, I am not. Yeah, we'll spend I'm, it on beer. Yeah, well, that's always yeah. <laughs> I like and, it. And <laughs> exactly, why not? Okay, uh, let's see what else we have here. Well, there's, there's some really. I mean, I think as we're getting philosophical, and I think um, I think we this was in for last week as well, and I didn't really get round to it. Uh, but I will. I'll just make sure I'm going to press the real video for this. Uh, this is. Yeah, I have got the right video for this. So okay, yeah, here we go. This was. Uh, I, I mean, this is quite. It's quite a dry video, but it's quite. And it's quite a dry subject on the top of it, but actually it affects all of us more than perhaps we would like to admit. This is David Weiss of Sonic Scoop. Welcome to MixCon 2022. We're glad to be back with a great friend of MixCon, the Peony Wing of the Recording Academy, which directly serves... It is quite a long introduction. I probably, I should have probably clipped something else out of it that might have been. But essentially what this is, is uh, Sonic Scoop uh, con, uh, MixCon, uh, which I think was uh, maybe a month or so ago, Recording Academy, part of MixCon Insights from producers Jeff Balding, Matt Hennessy, George Massenberg, Leslie Richter, Paul Willie Green, Womack, Quant, some big hitters there. And it was literally a panel mm. about file management. And now file management, oh God, how tedious, but actually it affects all of us particularly well i mean yoad's just done his uh massive sample library that's going to be something yep jamie's also doing lots of these uh Heimbach is doing them as well mm -hmm. and these things really matter i mean whether it's c cataloging things for inclusion in an instrument or just keeping control of your 
projects so that you can find them again. I'm home back. You were talking earlier a little bit about uh, you hired someone to kind of go through and sort of create a, some catalogues from a, a lot of your creative output because I mean ultimately you know many of us just want to create I mean it would be nice if we could just sit there and all the things that came out of us were just sort of somehow magically organized and we didn't have to worry about them I mean these guys are coming that's from very much from a point of view of purely an engineer but as many of us has to do both you know, it's like, okay, that track that you did 15 years ago that was just a bit of fun, that suddenly now Pepsi want to use it as a global ad, but they need the stems in this format and they need this, that and the other. It's like, I have absolutely no idea where any of that is. What am I going to do? You know, this is the, so that's the sort of stuff that, that you have to deal with. So that's why you have to be organized, right? Absolutely, and I'm absolutely not that. So I really I make, 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 and what I do is I one every like week I throw everything that I'd made into a into a cloud safe. So there it's like backups, and I back it up. Uh, it's everything is also like I co copy things to hard drives here. There it's also backup, but there's not much order. The only order is like time, and sometimes mm. when I have to find something, a track or something, I have to scroll through my Instagram and think, when did I make this? Because sometimes I have like a little clip of it, then I'm like, okay, maybe I can find it like this. Right. And I just said it recently that suddenly the project was empty, so I had copied. For some reason, I hadn't, I hadn't hit like save or uh, copy all files, and so the files were like. Oh, the examples yeah. were not there so the I couldn't classic. get back to that track yeah so I had to basically uh, yeah I had to add a bit of effects to the original track to make it like fit for the subject that I was working on but yeah for one uh, for one thing that I did I think it was in 2020 I asked a friend who was a historian and also uh, yeah a very knowledgeable uh, music person to go through my library of of tracks that I'd made from 2013 to 2020 and sort them basically in released, unreleased, with beats, without beats. And at the same time also like, hey, pick your favorites and then maybe compile a record. And that became my album Home Stories. And uh, Felix Moser is his name. He basically curated that record. So that was really, really lovely to have this curating experience that is, mm. that is, mm. it's amazing. He then said, yeah, now you can continue in, in that folder structure that I built you up. And I was like, yeah, I can. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so it's like, bad it's, boy. I'm I'm horrible. I'm horrible. Yeah. I'm really horrible with with organizing stuff. And it's uh, I mean the only thing that's basically organized is like my cassette loops because there I got these nice books where you put them in, and that's organized. And uh, mm, else, mm. Oh that's interesting. Isn't it? I'm bad. Yeah. Well, it's you know, it got yeah got some ideas about this uh, because yeah it's funny because I, I i started i think it was with fortet i started to ask about file management and thought yeah it is a dry topic in a way but it is amazing how everyone has their ways he has a simple system of basically really just like having a bi-month audio pool mindset of going this is my output for february whatever mm. um which is which does work, uh, and I, it was funny actually because the other day I discovered yesterday I discovered something I did on December the first, and I thought, oh great, I'll just find the Ableton file that goes with this. But for some reason, I just as I'm often jamming with the modular or whatever, I'm only printing a two track anyway, so I'll just I, there won't be a meaningful session that goes along with it. It's essentially just recording to tape. So I just there is nothing except for that audio file. And you know what I wanted to do, and I spoke with who was I speaking to about this? 
it was Tony Rolando from Make Noise. And when I interviewed yeah. him and I was saying like, hey, Tony, here's something that Raymond Scott used to do. And it's an audio message. It's a, it's a piece of voice note that goes with the recording. It goes, this is the circle machine, take one. Uh, you know, basically I'm running this through this and this and describing yeah. as a note to self in the future, like what's going on and going like, this is how the chain is working. Like, you know, we're going to take three takes of this. This is the first take for the Vim audio ad spot. And Tony was freaking out going like, that's it. That's the one. You just put an audio file in your Ableton session and just talk to yourself because it's so quick. And I've never done this before, but I thought Raymond was on the case. I mean, he was so organized and like he had to do that stuff with tapes. I mean, cataloging tapes and editing the tapes and all of that, you know, it's obscene. But um, so they had to be way more organized, I think. But um, that was a cool one. That I thought that should be used. And then That's the third one, idea. I'll say, and it's sort of related to your idea I'm back about the videos. It's like I interviewed someone recently who I won't name because they're coming up and it was great. And um, they were saying that they uh, when they want to remember something rather than using a voice note, they always make a video instead because yeah. in the camera pool you kind of know a lot more and it sort of reminds me of what you were saying about the cassettes yeah. the oh i can see it was sunny very i can useful. see it was sunny that that day oh yeah, yeah I remember that blue like, jumper yeah i remember yeah exactly yes and the guitar say so like you start off with like remember that this guitar and this setup and you and it's like this the little still that goes with the video is way more memory jogging than like mm. some text that's like on your desktop that really has no impact on you as a as a as an ape so just like yeah, yeah respect to who we are that's as a great idea sensory creatures and yeah. like the memory of course won't be able to you can't remember thousands of items it's just not our forte some people can but no. um, there are librarians yeah, of the world point. but anyway there you go that's two cents I, I I imagine Yoad, you're sitting there, kind of like bristling at the in the inorganisation, because I know you're a very organised <laughs> chap. I, I know this because I've seen it in I've seen it at work. But uh, I I would like to just as a when we shoot now, when we shoot videos at shows, you know, because it's a nightmare. We we oh, finally yeah. realise that what you Must do be. what you do is you start with the camera, you point it at the person's face, you say this is so and so. I'm talking about it. You take a shot of their name badge, and then that's all in the actual video. So the Great. person who's editing can get the spelling of their name right. They can do all of it, and it's just all in the same file. Mm. Nobody has to do anything else about it. It's pretty simple. So that visual it's cue the clapper is a really board, good basically. Idea. Exactly. Yeah. Yo, Ad, um, yeah. I know that you you know you. You have to do all of this all the time, you know. I mean, because you're you're spanning both worlds, aren't you? You're spanning the the kind of splurging creative output, but also dealing with the creative output of other people. And I know that when you mix, or at least you've, you've mm. said in the past, you you organise all of that and get it really in a sort of state that makes it easy to deal with, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I deal with a huge amount of files and tracks and audio files and and things like that and when you know sample library involves like 10,000 samples or things like that and they all have to be very well organized and and titled and and everything um in terms of in terms of backup everything i do um goes to six places while i'm doing it so so when i when i record something or even make a preset or all my settings all my preferences all my presets everything is 
in Dropbox and I work into there. So that means that it appears r right after I do it. I mean, it's on Dropbox on the, uh, the, ser the server, but it also appears on my laptop and on another computer, which backs it up to Backblaze continuously yeah. and to Time Machine. And also there's an automatic um, weekly backup of the entire Dropbox content to another drive, which is then goes offline. So it's not vulnerable to whatever online attacks or something. It's just sits there and, and waits. So um, and in terms of, of the naming and the structure of the folders and all that, um, I have tons of DVDs and even CDs with data and Blu-ray, you know, of uh, because that's how I used to to back stuff stuff up for for many years, and um, I've I've halfway I'm halfway through the process of digitizing it. It I mean it's already digital, but, but yeah, copying it to a more it immediate to, yeah. To, to and, um, so, so I come across all the all the files from whatever twenty years ago, and they're all named properly. And it, I understand, I can understand exactly what's going on. And if there are any external sort of presets or samples or CSEX data or anything like that, it will be there. Um, and also, in, for, in terms of compatibility, I I have a G three a G4, um, a G5, each one with the latest kind of protos. I, th I think on the G3, the last, it's like yeah. 4.5, which was the latest with all the plugins. And, you know, so I can go back um, in theory. I mean, uh, I, when I when I test it, it actually works. The only The only thing I would say which is quite annoying is contact because I have stuff with contact too, but when I load it, if I convert it, because you have to have the Rosetta version of Logic, which is 7.4, oh <laughs> which will read the older files, but the current version will be able to read. So you, um, but I can't install contact two or contact three or contact, you know, because each one is a different version. So it's not backwards compatible right yeah which yeah. is kind of annoying because you have to go into the the session file find the text which represents that presets try to wow. suss out the, the name and find it and things like that it happens sometimes but it's still possible to to recreate any session um, as far I, I, I think know. just can we just take a moment here and uh, give Yoad a round of applause for being so together because that is yes, well that done, is well a done, really yeah, impressive well and I think and I think part of that is I mean I know we're coming back Sturdy. to the original topic which it which is the sense that you know if you have a convention and you stick with it then you can do what Yoad is talking about because you can go back I've been doing this for 20 years say and I've always done it the same way so I know that if that has this I know what it is and it's really that simple and I suppose that's the thing is coming but part mm -hmm. of the problem is as when you're in the zone I mean it's like I used to do a load of this stuff with golf rap so I would be the pilot behind the the logic and I'd go you know I'd finish for my session for the day I'd come back and then I'd come back the next day and literally there'd be a, a two or three gigs of audio one audio one audio one audio one 
And I had no idea. I had no idea whether any of it was of any, you know. I mean, because it's like, oh, I need a new track. Click. I haven't named the track because in, in Logic, I know it's the same with many doors. You know, you can have the audio file automatically named from the audio object that it's recorded through. Makes a lot of sense. But if you haven't taken the time to to say what it is, or you haven't got a template that fits, because I mean, you, you can't template for full creativity. It's it's very difficult. I'm sure there are strategies. I think and all you've got to do that. Follow, yeah. All you've got to do, if it's a project that you love or if you think it might be useful in the future, I mean, it's all a pain in the ass. I mean, I, I like the idea of, of this very organised system and it's definitely going to work for some people. I think for me, what, what tends to be the bare minimum and essential is just to go, look, bounce the stems out of this thing, even though it's a pain in the ass, just bounce the stems because... You know, things will change, the plugins will change, and la la la, who cares? Just get the audio with everything rendered on it. You can open yeah. it, it will play. It's it's frozen in time, it's foolproof. Do that. And then yeah, you I can think kind that's of relax. It, at a minimum. And name it. Just yeah. do that. Don't call it bus name one, it. bus two, audio. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, obviously, and the, yeah. the other thing I would say, I don't have a single file um, that says final mix final final mix <laughs> best final absolutely last me you know i don't I, it's all numbered yeah, yeah. so i go to the yeah. to the you know to the bottom of the of the sure. list and i will have the last mix and that's it yeah 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 i'm yeah, the same with date by date so i always look at stuff yourself. I look, yeah, I look yeah, at my day. Yeah, curse yourself if you call it final. It's curse. You curse yourself horribly. Yeah, because <laughs> it's never going to be final. It's only final because the last one you thought was final isn't. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I, anyway, I, I, just a fasc fascinating uh, yeah. topic anyway. It's just generally, I think. Uh, have we got time for any questions? I know I'm conscious that uh, you guys oh. are busy. Um, we maybe have one or two if, if there's time for that. So, uh, got to go for the uh, uh, First Come question. On. Okay. Okay. Brilliant. Well, first question is from DJ Mechanicom via YouTube. DJ Mechanicom, how do you combat, combat composer's block when you're having difficulty finishing a track or even starting one? And I think that's very relevant to a lot of people because sometimes you know you're not in the right space uh, I, I you know I don't know I'll start with you I'm back I mean you how, what do you do when I've so like I never have trouble starting a track because especially if it's like commissioned work because then I've got like a lot to bounce off on like a you know like a movie scene like a scene from a game or a theater play or just a script so there's not problem to start the finishing point that can be that can be depending if it's like for something for myself i'm mm. usually very quick because in the end uh, same as jamie uh, i record everything to a two track usually a tape machine and then transfer mm. to uh, the door and maybe add a few things but mostly what's done is done and when i do commissioned work there's a point it's done when the director says it's basically done but mm. when i get a mm -hmm. block which sometimes can happen when i'm stuck like uh like we had a fun thing yesterday. We were working on a record with this fantastic uh, Turkish artist, Ar Cosmos, and we were working on one of the. So the album was basically done, but then we decided we need to rework this track. It was like one of the very first that we did, and then we, after two or three hours, we started the thing that's very typical of your overworking a track. Is like we just ran everything through distortion, <laughs> with some nice distortion. <laughs> to be fair, but then we were like, 
we're not hearing anything anymore. We're just like adding distortion upon distortion. We like it because, yeah, come on, let's destroy everything. And then she just uh, printed, uh, <laughs> because she's very awesome. She's diligent. She names every track. She uh, take, uh, mm. colors the good parts and everything. She's a wonderful editor. And then... Um, She's okay, now I'm gonna print the spring reverb just to have it because I've got this big, the great British spring here, which sounds beautiful. And just gonna print it so we can then take it to her studio. And then we listen to the printing, uh, because of which, which of course is live. And we're like, that's, that's, that's almost the mix. That's almost the mix. So we were mm-hmm. that we we're saved by what ran through the spring reverb, the yeah. sound of the, yeah. Just add a few elements, just just make it a bit more clarity and then go back instead of like just hitting the overdrive button. So there yeah. it was basically a process that saved us. Interesting, yeah. Absolutely. Jamie. I think it's yourself? I think the key right, well recently I got to see I was really lucky to get to see um the smile live here in Nashville, you know, which is the band with Tom York and Johnny Greenwood and Tom Skinner. Uh, amazing band. Like I've been I was actually it's the first time in a long time I was super excited to go and see a show and it didn't disappoint. It was incredible. And I sort of came away with loads of feelings, but it, I could barely sleep that night because it was one of those experiences. It was super powerful and just just amazing. And I thought so many of the songs were so simple, you know, and like it's, it's, it's the most obvious thing in the world. But I think sometimes when you see the mountain that is ahead of you, this insurmountable issue of like coming up with this masterwork, you know, you just miss the simplicity of a simple repeating phrase. And so many of those smile songs are really just a little arpeggio almost. And like, once you have that going and you find a tone that kind of draws you in and you don't find the loop boring, just finding that one loop that just seems to expand, I think that would be my tip, just because there's so much power in that. Even if you listen to Stravinsky, who's like moving all the time, there are moments and motifs which are kind of like, they, they, he lingers on those and he lets those expand. So it's really like taking, knowing that if you, if you allow the simplicity of something that has mileage, guide the process that you really don't have to leave that road try to stay on that as long as you can and i think it will probably give you the answers at least in the short term interesting uh yoad i i'm i'm guessing i know you because you have different a lot of different processes that go on in your day so i mean I, i me personally i sometimes find well if i'm not getting any with this I'll, I'll jump tracks because we're in the digital world. It's quite easy just to go, well, you know what, instead mm, of this, yeah. I'm just going to go and figure out, you know, something else, you know, my file naming uh, strategy or whatever. And then I might come back to it. Uh, how do you, how do you deal with that? I mean, cause sometimes you must be producing and it's like, right, something needs to happen here, but I can't think of anything. Absolutely. So, so luckily, like you said, I'm, I'm also, I know that I'm going to do this and be here tomorrow and the next day. So if something is not happening, then I will do something else and maybe come back to it or maybe just get upset or something. And then the anger will bring something or not or whatever. But I know that eventually it will have to, or sometimes it's it's the deadline and it doesn't matter because whatever kind of mm-hmm. makes you do something and, and hopefully kind of 
even if it's being upset or being this or being that, it will bring something out of your subconsciousness which will hopefully be the right mm. thing or at least it will be something then and then you can reflect on it and and tweak it and stuff um but when when working with people like if you have a writing session or even production and you're trying to look for something and you get stuck you know sometimes doing the most ridiculous thing can can bring something if not just a, la- a good laugh, you know, so you're working on this track, Change the mood, yeah. have track or whatever, and then, I don't know, you play mm-hmm. it in kind of bossa nova or whatever, and then you find one note or one chord or something and you, you record it and you, you know, things. Definitely. I think that if you if you focus, if you stay focused and this and this, you, you can get into a loop of of kind of in creativity but if you just snap out of it and either do something else or set it aside or something then something will happen that's my I think it's all, I think it's also worth mentioning because sometimes if you persevere right. too long what happens is you you end up with mm-hmm. you're reinforcing this kind of feeling of failure or lack of you know you, you can end up sort of finding that it really upsets you working on a specific piece of music sometimes i mean i've been in situations where i've had a really really mm-hmm. intense bit of thing and i've suddenly looked at the computer and i thought i can't do this i really cannot handle doing this right now i need to mm-hmm. get away because otherwise if you keep going sometimes you yeah. can then just kind of ruin that and it's like something you it's it's like getting drunk on, uh, on a, a particular spirit and there's you can never touch it again because it brings back horrible memories you know <laughs> so you've got to be careful that you don't overcook it and i think that's important um, um yeah uh, to think of as well so and true. if you can't start a track then maybe you haven't got anything to say at the moment so go and do something else completely unrelated and usually what happens <laughs> usually what happens is yeah. something will pop into your head you go oh and then you'll be compelled if you've got you know a lot of creativity is based Mm -hmm. on uh, being compelled to do it you have no choice whether when you're working to deadline or working to music when you have to do it for somebody because they're paying you or it has to be done by monday you know it might not be the best experience of your life creatively but you know that you know perhaps you're even if you're not in the perfect space you have to trust in yourself to be able to come up with the goods otherwise they wouldn't have hired you in the first place so even your worst day might still be good enough it might not make you feel good about it but often you might go back to that later when you're not under that time pressure and go god that was really good wasn't it because i i was forced to come up with something that normally i would I would do in a way that made me feel warm and fuzzy, whereas this one made me really pissed off because I, you know, <laughs> I was supposed to go to a party and then some, the director phoned up and said, I need this, you know, and it's like, grr. it's really interesting how that can work. But yeah, all good advice. Thank you very much for the question. We've got time yeah. for one more. Is that, uh, is that okay? Can, I don't want to, don't want to. Um, yeah, take last one. one. One more. Okay. Okay. No problem. Okay. This is a question from Dave Bolden via Twitch. Uh, what item of your equipment do you, would you rather not, uh, no, rather not own up to having. Be brave. You're in a safe place. I, I I might start with this just purely because I don't think I I don't think I've got anything that I would be ashamed of. I think the only reason I wouldn't own up to it is because it might be something that I felt was a secret weapon, and if everybody knew about it, suddenly it wouldn't be unique anymore. That would be the only reason. And even that would it's not like me, but that's the only reason I could think of. But there are often times, I guess, when we think of this. So who wants to go first? Has anyone got? Got a um, 
I can see Heimach is looking around. Uh, Yoad's got his finger up, so there we go. So, um, what do you got? Yeah, I have um, my Behringer V-Amp um, kind of poor people's pod um, at the time, which is just unbelievable i was just uh, talking to to someone today and i mentioned how i think that the chorus the flanger the all the all the guitar effects are just what you want them to be the 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 amp modeling is re- it's so playable and i have one at, at the house i have one in the living room which which is you know connected to the together with the TV so I can whatever jam and just play it and it's so playable and it goes through the speakers it's I saw one for for 40 quid on on uh, eBay or reverb and I have like three of them and I wanted to buy I mean three different ones I wanted to buy just because it's such a good thing and I have them here and they patched up and they're just for everyone to see and I'm proud of them and I I, I use them on many hits actually um and a couple of number ones as well these are the guitars um wow. just love them excellent yeah. okay fair enough I, I i figured the b word might show up at some point uh, but uh Jamie, yeah, i've got a you? b word i've got i've got a, a, what did i have? oh well back in the day i had a bunch of those uh motorized fader behringer things oh yeah bcr bcf I mean, yeah yeah because i used the tim exile like flow machine and it kind of required them and they really are quite trash but i mean hey uh they were cheap uh and i have the the rd8 that they made the 808 i had it modified by this guy in austria i should really remember his name um i'm not going to remember i'm going to get it wrong but uh i kind of felt better when he kind of (laughs) right like doctored it and butchered it somewhat and uh hurt it with soldering irons but you know hey there you go it's like that isn't it the b words i suppose ultimately that's a good point you know it sort of does lead to a bit of shame these days and uh understandably in a lot of ways but um, not not anymore i don't think not anymore i don't think and i'm kind of proud of the the cheap and nasty you know this this, (laughs) these are 20 year old years old that it was before Behringer kind of purchased yeah, the yeah. Midas and, and, right. and the Clark techniques and all that and it was just like um but they in the digital in the digital domain they did like really good stuff um for the mm-hmm. time and it still it still stands I think that in terms of the analog yeah. obviously it was it was horrible and and now it's very decent and I have the Clark technique um, whatever LA2A and the Pultex and uh, a couple of each and I really really like them and actually they're now turned on together with the two TLA channels and it keeps me warm as well so uh, <laughs> it's nice. perfect uh, what could ask nice. some more yeah. hi back I could see I've, I've been seeing your thumbnail and you've just been looking around everywhere now I could see you're struggling yeah, it's with this so one. hard because there's nothing I'm really ashamed of I mean uh, people like try to like try to make me feel ashamed for buying these things I'll get like yeah, get one of fair. the most yeah. like horrible replies but but I'm not ashamed for them so I've, I've I love them they they're fun it's a fun thing it's a bold move by TE but people wanted me to feel ashamed for buying something like this and 
then of course like uh, everybody calls a hipster yeah, blah yeah. blah blah which I find funny as like a 44 year old man <laughs> father of two to be called a hipster but still it's up uh, yeah blah 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 up, <laughs> so but so I'm, I'm really like this I'm, I'm i'm looking feverishly for anything in my studio that's like hmm that i'm ashamed of no not really as it's because any even like odd things where i think like oh man did i overspend for this thing just now no yeah, it's probably it might make that. a nice story it might make a nice story mm, it might make a nice yeah, video and i'm not gonna feel guilty about overspending it it's not overspending if it gets used Huh. I suppose, yeah. It's hard. I, I have a funny story about uh, just coming back to Behringer again is uh, Moog uh, reissued the Model D, right? And that video that came out uh, was shot of uh, the Moog Ensemble. I recorded all of that. I did the uh, recording and had fairly amazing job, big, Nick. So big good. part in the mix. Mm. And that all went through. Uh, that was all recorded on a Behringer X32 um, uh, which I find yeah. kind of amusing in a way. Because the Midas, so, really, so, so, so Well, uh, it had the, we had the Midas stage box, so the mic amps were actually all the Midas mic amps, whereas, so a slightly you know, better version, because uh, we had the S, it yeah, was the yeah. Midas stage box rather than the Behringer stage box, and I think there's a little bit in it, but it was still only 40, 48K 16-bit. Uh, yeah. You know, that's where it started, and it all went mm -hmm. into that. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've mentioned it at the time, but what made that sound was the room, and I had a pair of uh, SE Electronics Voodoo VR1 ribbon mics in a Blumline pair about 25 feet up in the air. And that is what you can hear the most of. I mean, that is the loudest thing in the mix. And it sounds absolutely fantastic as well. I mean, you know, they're, they're, all of the other things are, are part of it, but it was all recorded through Behringer. So just like to point that out. Blumline pairs, awesome. I think you'll agree. I like it, Nick. Definitely. No shame. Because, you, hey, you, yeah. you got it. Yeah, it worked. What can you say? You know what I mean? Like you said, uh -huh. Yoad. Like when I, I interviewed Sean Everett, you know, he showed me his little his little mixed trick. Well, it's been on a bunch of records and I went I saw a Spike Stent has one, this Korg four track CR four, you know, and all the built in effects that that thing had, like from the really bad era of Korg. <laughs> and sure enough, the effects are amazing. This is so wild, mm. they're so fun, they're so silly, they're so extreme. And so, like, right. these toys, they kind of take up loads of room or whatever, but if they make it into the mix and make you, like, you know... Interesting. If it did makes you... Your, did, if it makes have you... Done one, have you done a uh, hanging out with audio files of, with Spike? I have. Stent? Uh, yes, I, I have. Because uh, yeah. he... he, he, he Lovely man, on, he was so... <laughs> yeah, sorry. He worked on the um, a couple of the Goldfrap albums, and so I spent quite a lot of time with him. And was because uh, Lee Groves, who was his guy, uh, had to take some time out, and I ended up being his mix assistant and logic pilot for a while. And I was really crapping myself because I mean wow. he's 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 the he was the guy that that was the era of Madonna, yeah. Gwen Stefani, where everything you know you know. Dude, I mean, you, yeah, you yeah. I guess you probably know Spike, and you you've operated in the same circle. Yeah, as we well. worked it's together. Yeah, we worked oh, together cool. uh, doing wave stuff. Um, obviously, the the NLS, oh, yeah. which is his desk, my yeah, desk, yeah. and Mike Hedges' desk, uh, modeled, and we helped us with the H delay. And he's a great guy. And I used to work a lot in his uh, in his studio at Olympics. Yeah. Um, he had a great studio, which had the desk where. Uh, which we modeled uh, uh, after, and yeah, he's a great guy. 
We used to, we put, uh, he had, everything came out of Motu 2408 into the, uh, into the SSR. I remember that. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, That's what we, we used to use. Was, Do you want to hear this yeah. Chamberlain turn on? Oh, go on then. So here we go. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> no, really. That's a buzz killer. <laughs> wow, that is loud. Can you play with a bit more nuance on the flutes? The flute <laughs> a bit more nuance. That's great. Thank you. No, it's uh, it's one of those That's things funny. where you're sort of playing and you're like, I've no. Is it good? I mean, is, am I? Is it? You know, you have to play. Ironically, you have to turn the speakers up so loud to hear like a flute. <laughs> so it's like a, basically a deafening flute, so that it gets over the noise floor of the actual instrument. Ooh. It That's is like funny. having a small, like, like motorcycle or sort of like actual, yeah, someone yeah. revving. A broken, a, a, a broken blow heater yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with bad. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that reminds me actually because yeah. uh, the studio that I used to share with Will, uh, they had a, an original 1930 something Hammond beautiful thing it was like with all churchy yeah, kind of oh, side yeah. panels and stuff and a w and i used to have to get sometimes Loud my too, job right? I, 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 we record it and the the way you had to start it so it's got a starter so you have the switch and it starts to rotate the things and you get and then you've got a it's a bit like um starting yeah. a cooker you know if you don't press and hold down long enough it doesn't get hot enough to keep the to keep the electricity flowing it. it just kind of dies and you have to start again it's like it's a bit like that it's a it's a yeah funny and made a right racket love that it thing. sounded amazing Amazing. Yeah, sounded amazing. <laughs> right, well, gentlemen, it's been absolutely Thanks, fa fantastic. Thank you into thank you everybody in the chat uh, for your questions. I know we only got a couple done this time, but it's been absolutely uh, great to get back in the saddle and uh, and enjoy. I, I did mention that we had a couple of passings. I should just m briefly mention this. It seems a little bit uh, cursory to do this, but um, we need to we need to mention um, that uh, obviously. Uh, let me find my button here. Oh, I've got to find it. Yeah. Um, uh, Manuel Gotching, who was uh, part of Ashra Temple, Herb Deutsch, founder, you know, one of the kind of in driving forces with Bob Moog of the Moog Modular, and of course Angelo Baldalamenti, who was worked a lot with David Lynch on some of those classic uh, soundtracks. Sorry to see the ball pass. Um, it's just the way it is this year, I suppose, and December is a bad month for this kind of thing, um, as I've discovered myself. But, um, folks, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, sorry to leave on a bit of a down note, but we can maybe remember. The one thing I have found, i recently bereaved myself, I cannot handle any emotive music at the moment. It just turns me into a mush and one of the things i did hear um i don't know if you've heard it's worth checking out i'll try and put the link in the show notes um ryuchi sakamoto uh, he has been playing solo performances and he's just done merry christmas mr lawrence I, I defy you to listen to that and not be in floods of tears it is amazing because he's you know he's 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 ill, you know, and he plays it with such beauty. It's a really gorgeous thing. Do go and search it out. It's absolutely fantastic. But, gentlemen, yeah. thank you. Uh, um, happy Christmas if I don't see you before. Thanks, uh, and uh, lovely to see you all, but yeah, there will be you. more shows. Jamie, um, your podcast has just Thanks, come out, man. so uh, I, you, I don't know if you've got anything else to yeah. plug, but you'll fee feel free to. Uh, no, go. yeah, if you come check that out, that'd be great. Hanging out with audio files. I'm going to keep going Absolutely. with that. Uh I'll have some people you doubtless recognise on upcoming shows. Oh, interesting. That sounds interesting. Uh, Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> and of course, <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Well, and of course, uh, we have uh, Mr. Heinbach here. Who, are you finished touring for the year now or are you, uh, are you still on the road? 
I'm finished, I'm finished. Next time I'll be playing is in February at Utrecht at the festival Colin Benders puts up. And then I'll be coming to London end of May where I'll be playing the Barbican with the rival consoles. Nice. And uh, those are most of the dates right now, I think. And yeah, for one thing I have to plug already we did, Fluss. Of course, Fluss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, for having me. <laughs> You're more than welcome anytime. And Mr. Yard Nevo, who's probably going to go back to alt tabbing into a waxing a hot or hottie, as we like to say, which is a, a, another euphemism for making a good mix, I believe. Uh, I hope you're, um, you know, you're winding down a little bit for Christmas because I know last time I spoke to you, you were working right up to the wire and sort of in between. So I hope you get a bit of a break. Um, yeah, same this year, but you know, I'm I'm not complaining, and uh, I love what I do, and it's great. So. Excellent. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, that was Sonic Talk episode 739. See you all next time. Bye-bye now.